You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, good morning and uh, welcome back. Good evening, wherever you are listening to uh, our Pit Pass production. Tony Wank, Scott Casper, and P.J. Duran. I do want to thank Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson for their constant contrib- uh, contributions to the program. Thank you very much. Jack and Leanne de Leon, the uh, fabulous uh, French duo, are uh, producing this program both online and on radio, and we appreciate that. Uh, if you missed any part of hour number one, it was an interesting hour if you think about it. I mean, we had Zach Osborne on. We had Ben Kelly. Uh, we had uh, Justin Brayton. Um, and and uh, who, who was the first one we had, Tony? Second Kid named Zach Osborne, Ben Kelly. I got no, but uh, Austin Forkner. Oh, Forkner, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you remember Austin. Yeah, Forkner and Brayton both have. We were talking, we had a knee injury theme going on. We really did. <laughs> one's at the tail end and one's at the beginning. Trying to avoid that as it's the beginning of our riding season here in the great state of Iowa. Don't, really, we don't like to talk about injuries, but no, when we do, we want to. avoid the doctor. Right. We, 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 unless there's insurance involved, there could be a, a payoff, right? Anyway, uh, welcome back to the studios that is uh, the home of this particular show from our iHeart Studios in Des Moines, Iowa. And again, welcome to uh, everybody, all the big brass from uh, iHeart that are in town uh, perusing. I wondered why everything was vacuumed and polished and and clean. Have you noticed the windows? The windows are super clean. <laughs> they always have this building looking good. Oh, it's sweet. Anyway, glad you're with us. Thank you so much. Tony, with the introduction of our next guest. Well, he needs a little introduction if you're a flat track fan. AFT rider Jared Meese joins us, and uh, I believe he's sitting third in the standings. Had a win at the Texas Half Mile on April 20th. This marks Meese's 27th Half Mile Triumph. That's crazy. Breaking a tie for second all-time with... Behind who? Will Davis. He joins us now. Will Davis, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's up jared how are you guys we're having some fun with you you know that right oh yeah okay i just want to make sure jared that was uh quite a race this weekend um how did it look from your perspective i know you uh mr reigning champ not going to be happy with anything less than uh top step of the podium but that can't always be the case uh unfortunately for racers um what did you think about the weekend? Um, I thought it was pretty solid. I mean, like you said, uh, there's just going to be some days where you're uh, you're just not the best guy, and that was uh, that was the case this weekend. You know, um, all day long I was I don't know anywhere between four and six tenths off of Briar Bauman, and we were basically second fast qualifier. We were second in all the practice qualifying, everything. Won our semi, and. Um, you know, I knew going to the line, JD was going to be tough because even in the first semi there, when Bri- that Briar won, JD actually had some laps where he matched some paces with him, and you know wasn't too far off. So looking at the times, I knew JD was going to be solid. But you know, uh, <clears throat> come main event time, them guys just took off, and man, from 
my perspective, it was probably the most boring race for me uh, that I've ever raced because them guys are pulling away in front of me and I'm pulling away from fourth place and I feel like I'm going so slow, like, you know, because they're pulling away from me. So you get that feeling like, oh man, I'm going slow. So for me, they were so far ahead and then I was so far ahead of fourth place the entire time I'm riding around. I don't see anybody. You know, it felt like everybody just pulled off the racetrack for me, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was it was definitely a, a neat track, different from any any TT that I ever ran. Lots of elevation changes, bowl bowl corners, um, <clears throat> rollers, you name it. It was kind of like a uh, a flat track TT enduro cross for us, so it was uh, pretty unique. And um, you know, uh, I don't know. You know, it's like everybody's like, was it fun? Was it fun? It's like, ah, eh. I mean, it was different. I don't know how much fun I had, you know, but, um, then again, I will say ever since we started jumping the twins, um, <clears throat> at the TTs, you know, it's they're really not that fun to jump. I mean, they're 330 pound motorcycle and <laughs> they don't have nothing for travel. So as far as jumping them, they're really not that much fun to jump. So it was an aptly named, uh, for our listeners who don't know, it was called the Super TT. And, uh, Jared, you've been giving us the reasons why perhaps it was named the Super have you gotten any insight? I think you're a guy who is pretty dialed into AFT and its future plans. Um, is this something that uh, a direction they're exploring to to change up uh, perhaps more than once a season, or is this going to be a standalone thing at this event? Um, well, I don't really know. Um, I couldn't really answer that uh, accurately, honestly, but I... I I would say that I would probably think that this would be a standalone event. I think, you know, I think overall we're pretty set on the TT event where there's four of them on the schedule. And, you know, Peoria is, of course, Peoria. That's not moving. And then we have the uh, Buffalo Chip out there in Sturgis, uh, South Dakota. And I don't see that one. No, that seems to be one of the most popular events, right? Yeah, it's pretty solid now. And then, of course, you have the Daytona TT. And, you know, although everybody's got their thoughts on the Daytona TT, there's there's really no other way around doing anything in Daytona inside the trial over there except for a TT um, that I see. Um, so I would imagine that we'll keep going back to Daytona for the TT. So honestly, you know, Arizona is a great marketplace for flat track. Um, unfortunately, the last couple of years that we raced the uh, Turf Paradise Mile, um, the track just fell apart and just honestly just dangerous. I mean, it was dusty and holy and just we tried three years in a row and uh and and it was the same outcome every time it was basically kind of a a great facility great crowd just a pile of crap track so they wanted to try to keep something in that area um still going for flat track and then they came across this like rally truck cross track and they uh did some modifications to the jumps and things like that to uh to accommodate us so I would imagine we'll keep going back there. Um, you know, I think there's some things that need to be done to the facility and stuff. I mean, it was like a hundred degrees and there was like no covered grandstands for the fans and stuff like that. So that sounds it's fun. A, it's a tough balance, you know? Yeah. Why, why wouldn't they, it would seem an easy move the event to the evening. Does that not work? Oh, it was definitely in the evening, but you know, in the evening it was still like 95, 95 you know, the program. Just... Yeah. The program. The program starts, I think, at 6 o'clock as opening ceremonies. So, you know, at 6 o'clock, it was basically the hottest part of the day. 
Um, so it was in the evening. I mean, our main events and our semi and stuff like that were, were in the evening. But, uh, you know, the show started opening ceremonies, I think, was at like 6 p.m. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's brutal you know, for fans. But but if they're going to race in that area, you're not going to get away from that unless you go to Flagstaff or something. You know what I mean? I mean, it's maybe Havasu, but Havasu's hot too. But, I mean, it's uh, ooh, Havasu. That'd be a cool place to have a race. Um, there you go, Tony. Jared could do a little boating. A little well, I think, uh, like I said, I think everybody wants to stay in the Phoenix area. It is a great market. And as far as the weather goes, it just seems like it just seems like when we go out there, all of a sudden it's a breaking record for that month and day every time. <laughs> you know, my, just my lucky. Lived out there. Yeah, my uncle lives out there, and he sent me a text this morning, and he goes, oh, it's only supposed to be a high of 78 today. And then, you know, like uh, – Yes, some teams speaking to a few of them guys are like, man, it wasn't hot until like the last couple of days. And we always used to race the Arizona Mile uh, in like the middle of May, and it was always just brutal hot. So here we were, you know, at the end of April, you know, three weeks earlier than normal, and it was still the same outcome of being hot. But it's the weather. You don't know what to do, you know. Well, didn't they have like measurable snow this year, which is – you know, like a thirty years unheard of, yeah, something, yeah. So, or maybe they've never had it or something since they've been paying attention. Yeah, it's weather's funky, and and that's the biggest bummer for any promoter. I mean, it's uh, you know that for sure that promoter took a hit, uh, you know, for that weather because I'm sure there's people that didn't turn out for it. Um, but how have the crowds been so far this year? Um, you know, I guess pretty good um you know i think everybody would always say they want more uh daytona i'm not really sure honestly like that's hard to tell daytona because the grandstands are like so big and um it's hard to tell but uh atlanta was was so so i think it was on par with what it's been over the years and then you know texas seemed to be same thing texas grandstands are so big man that um it's hard to tell if there's a really good crowd or not so uh, I would say they're 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 good. You know, I think the biggest thing is that's positive right now for Flat Track is the NBC broadcast, and it's, it's been, been awesome. It's been getting a lot of viewership, and the numbers have been increasing there. So that's that's a very positive side of things. But you know, obviously, being a promoter of one of the events myself, and then of, of course racing, you know, we we need people in the stands for uh, you know the promoter stake and the sports stake. So. Um, uh, everybody's trying really, really hard. You know, everybody at America Flag Track putting a lot of hours in, a lot of effort, and uh, the riders, the teams, everybody's stepping up their game and their their fit presence and stuff like that, starting to really increase. So, I think everybody as a whole is really, really working hard. Um, so it's definitely not a lack of effort. It's just uh, it's just the world we live in right now, man. I mean, it's just like you know, all sports. It seems like you hear are 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 hurting as far as attendance and, and, uh, are lacking in, in better terms. And, you know, I don't know, uh, I don't know what it is. Is people just racing? Just, I don't know. Is it, is it the thing right now for, for a lot of the outside people, you know, man, I don't think it's so unique for, for motorcycle racing. I think racing in general as a segment is flat and, uh, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's dwindling, but it's definitely, you know, we're hanging on, we're, we're, we're hanging on for dear life because you see it. I mean, I see it at a local level on motocross and I've said this 
a dozen times on this very program. How many times do you drive by an abandoned stock car track, circle track for cars, and you just, you know, and I always look over and go, oh, that'd be a cool place to have a motorcycle race. And it's it's all weeds. And it's not, so it's not just motorcycle racing that's struggling. I think oh, no. it's the outdoor segment. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, it's. I mean, it's even stick and ball sports, man. It's like, you know, NASCAR is really, you know, you, you hear the, the, the uh, negativity about NASCAR and the fans there and just, sure. I don't know, man. I, I have, I have these discussions with, with people all the time and I think it's just multiple things across the board with just the technology, the cell phones, the social media. I mean, it just, people make it so easy to just tune in. People make it so easy to not participate in a sport, but be able to be so tuned into it where no one sees the benefit from it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you download four or five different apps, and I could, you know, sit in front of the TV and watch MotoGP, you know, NASCAR, flat track, motocross, boom, 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 right there. And it's just, it's just everybody's making it too easy to tune in that's not getting the benefit for it, you know? Yeah, and I I think it's it's just you know like hunting is in trouble right now. You know, you see with young people that people don't people don't hunt, they don't fish like they used to. And, and old guys my age, you know, late thirties, early forties, we still do those things. And it's it's people that are you know the generate the millennials they don't do those things. And I know some do, but it's uh, you're seeing numbers amateur racing the feeder programs to 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 become an aft racer someday they're all hurting and uh you know and i don't think it's what everybody what what, it makes you think what is whatever what is everybody doing you know what i mean i I agree with you man i mean we could talk hours about this but uh it it makes you think like man what is that what the heck are people doing then like what if you're not you know if you're not hunting and fishing and watching races and and participating in things and checking things out you know, I, I don't know how it is across the whole board. I don't know if concerts are down too, like music concerts. I don't know if they're down or, you know, if they're up. You know what I mean? Uh, it's hard to say, but yeah, it's a, it's kind of a weird uh, era right now in in, in just the uh, country world. You know, with with everything. And it's uh, still the, the most entertaining in my book and estimation, and hopefully for all of our listeners, the most entertaining uh, sport to watch is any that involves two wheels. But to your point, you know, I've got to get I've got to get out to the racetrack. I have to see it. If I'm not competing myself, I want to watch. And uh, right. hopefully, people will keep doing that. Exactly. So, what is it like being a promoter now that you've you're not brand new at it? Um, it's good. I mean, it's, man, it's, it's a lot more work than people think. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's definitely fun. I mean, it's very, very, very stressful. Um, you know, two weeks prior to it, a uh, week of and stuff. It's just, just trying to manage everybody and make sure things are good. And, you know, fortunately we, we have a really good, um, you know, really good people that are behind us and help us out. But you know, every once in a while you got that, one person that last minute has something that comes up and then you have to last minute try to fill that position so that's kind of like the stressful part of things but uh it's good I mean, we have a lot of fun you know i give my wife a lot of credit she puts a lot of effort into the event too so uh, without her it wouldn't happen 
Jared, up against the clock. Sponsors, who do you want to thank? Uh, I just really want to thank the whole Indian motorcycle crew. I want to thank my entire team, Kenny Tolbert, Bubba Bentley, Jimmy Wood, um, Progressive Insurance, uh, Hernley's Indian Motorcycle, Rogers Racing, SCI Installation, all of my sponsors that kick in uh, a huge amount of effort and support. Um, it, uh, it, it means a lot. And, uh, you know, all the fans that are tuning in and listening and fans of Black Track, I really appreciate it. Good job out of you, Jared. Always good to talk to you. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, somebody we respect a great deal, Jared Mees. Thank you, Jared. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon, dude. Um, want to dedicate uh, this program to the memory of Kurt Bremer. And I know, Jack, uh, Kurt was very special to you and your family, a yes, member of your family. As a matter of fact, he was at your wedding. Yes, he was. Um, I, could st- I could still see a picture in my head of Kurt. He wasn't that old. No, he was 50. Wow. So uh, we lost him over the weekend, yeah? We lost him a week ago. One week ago. Yeah, okay. we buried him on Saturday. Okay. Well, as a matter of fact, we're burying my aunt on Sunday. No, that's Same what you place, were Minneapolis, yeah. Yeah. So uh, best uh, to your family. Uh, Thank the you. memory of Kurt Bremer. I know this is uh, a small consolation indeed, but uh, we dedicate this program to the memory of Kurt Bremer. We appreciate that. I want to thank Zach Osborne, Ben Kelly, uh, Carlin Gardner, Jared Meese, and all of our guests on the program, including Justin Brayton. Uh, stick around. There's more Pit Pass around the corner. Scott Casper with you, along with Tony Wink and, of course, P.J. Duran. I'm uh, just happy you're listening on this very, very special particular program. Part of the Evergreen Podcast production. We'll be back. Stick around. Hey, this is Jake Holden. Watch out for the Jacob Thor. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.